Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of In the Trenches Sports. Sean Ludden joined alongside by the man, the myth, the legend, the bearded wonder, Coach Chance Clemens. Now, Coach, I felt like Pat McAfee should have just been in the background going, what? During that introduction. Oh, that would have been amazing. It really would have. And I tell you what, I'm loving what he's brought to college game day. I do too. I love just the the enthusiasm and his like passion. Something special and it's something that's kind of missed college game day for a while and I think that's really why they brought him in. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I, it, I love it and it's more interesting now than ever. It's going to be a good transition into the new era of college game day for whenever Corso does step away. As we know, that is, that is going to happen here in the near future. When it does happen, we don't know, but we can all, you know, speculate it, it will happen soon within probably the next few years. Um, and so they did a great job of bringing McAfee on um, and absolutely loved him this past weekend at old Rocky top uh, diving into the Tennessee river, doing that backflip, getting his, uh, what did, what do you say his baptism there um with old rocky top and whew, talk about a wild weekend in uh college football coach um we recap in week seven um i don't know where where to start off but let's just start off with the i would probably say the best game out of the whole weekend and that was number tennis uh number six tennessee beating number three alabama um hell of a game this was Definitely a, you know, top five game of the year. You know, once this season wraps up, uh, we'll look at this as being a top game of the year um, and probably a, you know, quote, instant classic uh, just performance by Hooker and that Tennessee team. Uh You know, Alabama's good. Bryce, and I've been big on Alabama this year. Bryce Young came back uh, from being out, you know, so it was a little surprising to see the upset, but, you know, handed in Tennessee. They they took it to them. They kept it going, kept it close in the fourth quarter, and were able to uh, take the win. So congrats to them. Yes, definitely. Um, huge, huge victory um, for Tennessee. Um and what they were able to accomplish there. Absolutely loved it. Um, loved what, love what high pool is doing um, there at Tennessee. Um, the players he's brought in, um, you know, hooker um, at quarterback, just a stud um, with what he's able to do, you know, and just, he is massive as well. Like dude is huge. And that, that's something I think is Tennessee really needed to have. They've got to, really imposing force at that, at that quarterback position. Um, so big props to them. Um, you know, they are now, you know, set on the collision course, you know, with, with Georgia, um, you know, on, on that East division. Um, so who, who's going to come out of the East there in the, uh, SEC, it'll come down to those two essentially. Um, and then right now, Ole Miss, the only undefeated team, over there on the side of uh, the West in the SEC. Um, and they're set to play Bama here in just a few weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, I think uh, that this next game, it was uh, – I, I, I predicted it was going to happen. You were on the other side. Um, it could have really gone either way, um, honestly. But – you know, two really good Big 12 teams. Number T, uh, number 13 TCU comes out um, at home and uh, shocks Oklahoma State. And, uh, you know, this TCU team, their Sonny Dykes has got him rolling. Yeah, he does. And this team has been, you know, kind of the surprise team of the league. I, I think <laughs> – at least locally, I know I've heard people talk about them being, um, you know, some people have said, hey, they're going to be better anticipated. Um, 
but I don't think anyone saw them being this good. No. And so, you know, that helps. That helps the Big 12 as a conference look better and stronger. Um, you know, Oklahoma State's really good. When you break down their numbers, sack-wise, they're not doing anything too special, but they're creating pressure. Um, so, you know, their sacks aren't big, but their pressure on the quarterback has been good enough way at least to, you know, help them win games. And TCU just stayed calm and collected and, you know, was able to mentally, I think, get to Sanders a little bit and it allows them to, you know, steal that game. Uh-huh. And, yeah, I mean, like you said, they, they really stole the game from Oklahoma State. Um, you know, props to TCU. Um, I, having Dugan back there at quarterback, um, he just has a confidence in him that really we haven't seen in a TCU quarterback since the last redhead wonder um, of Andy Dalton. And it's a scary coincidence that now both, you know, really good TCU led teams that, you know, could potentially make waves in the nation are led by a redhead. Just one of those weird coincidences that happens for TCU, but you know, this could be a Andy Dalton incarnate. Um, and I'm excited to see what, what he continues to do with TCU the rest of this way. Um, they've got a big matchup this weekend with K-State. Um, we'll preview that coming up. Um, but we're going to stay in the Big 12 and go to your Sooners, homecoming weekend, Coach. And they finally found their rhythm against number 19 KU. Um, I know you always love a victory over Kansas um, just because, you know, it's Kansas. But, you know, to finally get a victory um, against a Kansas team that has been very strong this year. Um, Yes, they were without Jalen Daniels, could potentially be out the rest of the year. Um, He doesn't think he – he thinks he still has a chance to come back. Um, We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, um, Oklahoma definitely definitely showed up. Yeah. The score – Man, Kansas, Kansas is good. The score, you know, was only it was only a ten point game at the end. Um, Kansas kind of rallied in the fourth quarter, put two touchdowns up, compared to our three points in the fourth. So, you know, eleven point difference there. Um, big thing is Eric Gray looked really good at running back with two touchdowns, one hundred seventy six yards. Uh, Dylan Gabriel looked. Looked good at quarterback, not great. Um, you know, some people say he he looks great. I wouldn't say that. No. I mean, he's 400 yards is great, but he didn't look great. He played really well, um, but I think he just has, you know, the advantage of being in a top power five conference school. You have weapons of wide receiver that make you look better than you are sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and Braden Willis and Marvin Mintz kind of did that with 100 yards apiece. So that helps. But yeah, rushing wise, Eric Gray looked really good. Uh, Barnes looked good. Now he was able, to, Gabriel's able to run himself. Uh, he had 10 for 37 and a touchdown. So that's nice. Um, you know, It gets iffy when the quarterback runs, you know, 10 times. That's pretty scary. But um, I'd like to see that stay around five or six. That way we're just trying to keep him healthy, especially after the big hit he took a couple weeks ago. That was such a scary hit. And, you know, what I I really didn't like um, the game against Texas is – Oklahoma brought him out for warm-ups, and he was out there warming up with the team and, you know, really didn't rule him out of the ballgame until right up to kickoff. And, you know, I'm sorry, but if they even had any inclination of even trying to play him, that was one of the worst decisions 
I'm sorry, a program could potentially make, especially with everything that's going on right now with head injuries, um, with Tua Tungabailoa and everything. Um, it, it was a stupid, stupid move by Oklahoma um, to even let him go out there and warm up against that again in the Texas game. Well, and I think um, in Oklahoma has always been more cautious when it comes to the concussion side of things, the way we've handled several players in the past. Um, but I think one of the final marks was kind of just how does he how does he withstand just the game day walkthrough of being active with the noise and everything like that? I think they wanted to see how he was doing with that. Um, Cause I don't think he was going to play in that game, no matter what uh, they just, they just had him go out there to kind of, I think more for looks than anything. And, you know, start making Texas question what was going to happen, but, I think going in, I I wasn't expecting him to play at all, um, just with everything going on. But I definitely see your how your concern could happen or something. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, but you know, he came out against Kansas, really showed out, had a good ball game. I'm glad to see him back into the things of it. Um, anything else in week seven stand out to you in college football before we move on? Um, you know, it's going to be a quick show tonight um, or today. You know, we'll re- we record at night. Um, we release during the day. But, uh, yeah, I know this is going to be a quick episode for us. Um, but let's uh, – anything else you got in week seven of NCAA before we move on to picks? Yeah. Yeah. Um... This shouldn't really be a surprise to a lot of people, but USC got their first loss. Uh, Push comes to shove. They played a good team, and they lost. Um, And kudos to Utah for their coach, you know, going for a two-point conversion and knowing that if this this game goes to overtime, you know, you're kind of pushing your luck. Uh, So why not just go for the kill? and try to end it in the fourth, and that's what they did. Um, so now it's going to be interesting to see how USD responds uh, moving forward. They dropped down to 12th overall from, I think, like 6th or 7th, or 7th, I think. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Kentucky beats Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State is a wild-card team. You know, they're not suspected to be a top team in the SEC, but they upset people. Um, several times a year, so and Mississippi nice. State's got Bama this weekend. Yeah, and I think you know, I think they're going to win that, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mississippi State keeps it close the first half at least. Um, and then Michigan and Penn State—that was just a. Um, it started uh, off close, and then Michigan was just like, "Nah, we're done." Yeah, uh, it, it was nice to kind of see the, the true separation of a top team in that conference. You know, now it's mm-hmm. really kind of – it's going to come down to Michigan, Ohio State uh, and, at the end of the and, year. So Yeah, and I, I love that that game is always that last game of that regular season before the Big Ten championship game. Um, you know, who, who wouldn't love, you know, every year to have it be the game? Um that determines who's going to represent that side of the conference. No, exactly. Now, that, now what, awesome. what, what I would love instead is for them to be in the different divisions of the conference and, you know, they play the game, whoever wins, Hey, guess what? Rematch next week in Indianapolis. That's what I would love to see. Yeah. No, I definitely get that. So, and who knows, maybe some realignment inside the Big Ten happens once USC and UCLA join next year. Um, But that, uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers, and we'll see what happens. Um, You know, any any big surprises um, 
with the top 25 poll this week, coach, um, or any, anyone really sticking out to you with where they're ranked at? Uh, not really, not right now. Um, you know, UNC is 22, Ole Miss is seven, UCLA is still at nine. So nothing too much right now. I'm interested to see what happens this week. Um, you know, in the next week, we'll jump into Wake Forest and NC State. Right now, they're 13 and 23. So if they win this week, um, that could be a, you know, top 10 and top 20 matchup instead of a 13-23 matchup. Uh-huh. Uh, so that could be interesting in the weeks to come. How about Tulane in the rankings for the first time in, I think, almost 20, 30 years? Yeah, I mean, Tulane's, you know, showing, you know, they get a shot against East Carolina, which I don't care how good a team is. If you can shut somebody out, that's that's impressive. Um, the overtime win against Houston a couple weeks ago was big. 14-point um, win over South Florida. So it's a good team. I think they, you know, they're a team that can, if they can, what, one, two, three, four, five, they got five more games. If they win out, you know, they could get into a nice little, a good bowl. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe something like the Cotton Bowl. Maybe the Cotton Bowl would be a stretch, but they can maybe get up in there. Um, so that's, yeah, that's awesome. That's exciting to see and creates more of a parody in college football instead of just the, you know, the big boys dominating the rankings, which we oh, love to see. Exactly. You know, I, uh, you know, we both were out of town this past week, and that's why we didn't have a show um, with some scheduling conflicts. But, you know, when as I was out of town, I, I was talking with a buddy of mine, and we were just discussing, you know, the rankings and how it, this year the the Raiders are really, you know, not favoring one team or anything else. They're really making some jumps in the polls this year, um, really bringing in teams that we didn't expect to make it in, um, potentially with, you know, even if they have a good season or not. And so I really love, you know, they're giving teams a fair shot to actually make the rankings this year and, you know, to prove themselves, um, which is awesome. No, exactly. It's it's nice to see. So, all right, Coach, so let's get into some college football predictions for Week 8. We've got first on the docket, number 14, Syracuse, those undefeated Orangemen from upstate New York going up against number five, Clemson, and the fighting Dabo Sweeney Tigers. I've got Clemson 38-27 in this one. Yeah, I'm going to go Clemson 31, Syracuse 17. All right. Syracuse gets its first loss of the season. A big Pac-12 matchup here. Um, number nine, UCLA. Number 10, Oregon. I'm going UCLA and the fighting Chip Kellys. They're going to stay undefeated and beat Oregon in Al Zalton. And the Ducks are going to go crying home to Phil Knight. 36-31. Go Bruins. Yeah, Oregon's a tough place to play. They they haven't lost at home very much in the span of their program. Um, I believe they're on an undefeated streak for the last uh, couple seasons at home right now. Yeah, I think it's like twenty in the twenties. I think, uh, but I'm yeah, same. I'm going to UCLA twenty four, Oregon twenty one. I like it. I like it. So we'll move down into the Big 12, go to Fort Worth, Texas. TCU, number eight, is playing host to number 17, K-State. I've got TCU pretty handily in this one, 45-27. Interesting stats here for K-State, though. Adrian Martinez, 130 – I can't remember, you know, exactly how many um, pass attempts he's had this year. Um, But he still has not thrown an interception at K-State – during his time at Nebraska, his four years, I think he was averaging um, one for like every five or something 
pass attempts. So, I mean, he had like 31 interceptions um, during his time at uh, Nebraska. And now to go over to K-State completely changed his career around. No interceptions so far, uh, so far playing like a different guy, um, really making a case for himself for the draft as well. Um, but I, I've got TCU 45-27 in this one, but really proud of the way Adrian Martinez is playing. Yeah, I mean, this was the career Martinez was supposed to have in Nebraska of just being an efficient quarterback that can manage the game. Um, don't force anything. Just take what you get, run the ball, um, and take accurate shots. And, you know, he's been able to capitalize and do that at Kansas State. Um, but I think they come up short. TCU wins 35, Kansas State 28. All right. And we're going to stick, uh, stick, stick, stick in the Big 12 um, and just go up the road, uh, go up I-35 to uh, Stillwater and visit Oklahoma State. And uh, we've got number 11, Oklahoma State, playing host to number 20, Texas, with Quinton, uh, with Quinn Ewers back at the, uh, at the helm. Um, we saw what he did against Oklahoma. Um, you know, came back, uh, barely escaped Iowa State last week. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think they have themselves a game this week against Oklahoma State, 47-36. Yeah, this Texas team is really good. Um, on paper, they're good. On the field, they're good. They're a little, you know, young and inexperienced in certain parts. Um, Oklahoma State is a good veteran-led team. Uh, their defense is a little young, experience-wise, just playing, but they're, you know, off the field, in a classroom, whatever, they're older guys. Um, but I think Texas is too – I think they're just too talented and too – just too carefree yeah. that they kind of take this and Texas wins 42-38. I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma State wins. And it's one of those games where Oklahoma State has to win this game if they want to stay in the hunt. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Texas is too much for them for a back-to-back game. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so let's give the people real quick – just an update on how we did on picks last week um, during week seven. Now, Coach, how do you think you did? Oh, I did awful. You did. You did. You went one and three. That's okay. It, hey, it happens. It happens to the best of us. Um, I, on the other hand, three and one. Damn you, North Carolina State. That's all I'm going to say. Damn you, Wolfpack. You failed me. I could have went 4-0. Um, but, you know, awesome, awesome. I love uh, our picks, love and keeping up on them with our records and everything else. Um, you know, and uh, it's now time for the NFL. Uh, week 6 recap. Coach, a lot of really good games uh, this past weekend. Um, in the NFL, I think two really stood out. One that is probably game of the year so far. Um, the other one, you know, just was an, an amazing defense going up against an amazing offense. And really, you can say it for both games. Um, Eagles stay perfect over the Cowboys. The Bills barely escape Arrowhead with a victory over the Chiefs. You know, both – everything I just said – plays to both games um, very well. I mean, Dallas has a great defense. Eagles have, you know, one of the top offenses in the, in the game. Um, Bills, number one scoring defense, or, yeah, number one scoring defense. Chiefs, number one scoring offense. Um, which What game do you want to start with, Coach? Uh, we can go to the Bills-Chiefs. That's a more interesting game. Oh, dude. You know – Let's hear you first because you you probably know my thoughts on this, but I'm going to I'm probably going to surprise you. 
Well, the first thing that kind of stands out is, you know, Allen was 329 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Mahomes, you know, fits up good numbers with 338 yards, two touchdowns, but the two interceptions, you know, hurts. Um, run game wasn't really great. You know, Clyde had 33 yards. Mahomes was second with 21 yards. The Bills had Singletary, who just dominated for 17 carries and 85 yards with a five-yard average. Um now, Allen was second with 32 yards, but I think when Singletary has so much success, you know, you don't feel like you have to play the rookie um, too much. So, yeah, it, you know, I think that that was kind of the difference in that game. One team could move the ball running in it, and the other team felt like they had to throw it and almost, you know, almost felt like Mahomes forced it a couple times and that's what caused two interceptions. You know, I, he, he did, he did force it. Um, that play in the end zone um, where he threw the interception, um, you know, he should have ran or he should have just thrown it away. Um, I believe that was a, I, I want to say it was a second down, uh, maybe second and goal, um, third and goal, but you know, either way, you know, just throw that away or tuck it and run it, um, get some points you know, because the, you just, you know, had the opportunity to capitalize off of a Bills turnover in the red zone. Um, so, you know, costly error right there um, by the Chiefs for not capitalizing um, on those on that opportunity to get points. Um, but then, you know, late in the game, you know, that very last drive of the Chiefs, it was Mahomes trying to force it again. Um, and, you know, he takes ownership of that, which I love for him. Um, you know, it shows true leadership, but he's got to he's got to be more diligent um, on his part to, you know, either get that ball out quicker or look look downfield, find someone, um, or tuck and run it in that situation. Um, you know, he had some open field in front of him to where he could have, um, still had timeouts left um, to get get downfield. Um, but honestly, I'm not upset with this game whatsoever. Um, a lot of people reached out to me going, dude, how you feeling? Everything else like that. I was not upset with this game. I absolutely loved this game to death. Um, probably going to be the game of the year um, right now in my books. You just had two great, great teams um, going up against each other. Love it that it was, you know, just so early in the season as well. Um, you know, good crucial point of the season. Um, but you know it's going to be a rematch in the playoffs um, where it's going to be. I, I have a feeling it's probably going to be in Buffalo this year. Um, but I'm not upset with this game at all. I actually love it. Um, do I wish the Chiefs won? Yeah, I do. But um, for the way both defenses came out and played, um, the what and probably what really made me happy with this game, the officiating, it was a very clean – very well officiated ball game, um, which after everything that's been going on the past several weeks, I think really says, um, you know, props um, to that crew um, that called that game. And um, I'm trying to remember exactly what, what crew that was that um, called it, but they're, they're one of my favorites. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've got to look this up now, but um, you know, it was just – it was a really, really good game. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was definitely a more um, – it was a, you know, kind of a perfect game and it definitely felt like a playoff, playoff yeah. game. And it didn't feel like – uh, it came down to the refs, you know, so that's always good to see. Yeah. Um, Brad Allen and his crew is the, is the crew that officiated that game. Probably one of the most consistent refs in my book in the league. Um, really, you don't have, hear much in the way of controversy coming out of his crew. Um, and so I, I think it was a good, good decision by the NFL to have them officiate that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it came down to the players on the field. 
um, different plays being made. Um, and, you know, the Bills, they just came out on top this one and absolutely love it. Kudos to Bills fans. I can't wait to see them in the playoffs again. Um, not upset with this one at all. And I, I, I'm very, I, I was very happy leaving that game instead of, um, you know, upset with the close victory over the Raiders or upset after the Colts game um, and lost there. This one, it was just a couple miscues, but a very good game overall. Um, and I think, you know, we can say that the same thing for the next team, which is the Eagles. It was a very good game for them um, as they stay perfect. Six and oh now on the season um, as Cooper Rush finally gets his first loss as an NFL starting quarterback. Well, it was just a matter of time. They were, I mean, it was. And it's not on him. It's just the talent's not there. The coaching's not there. And you played the best team in the NFL. So now, are they the best team in the NFL or just best record in the NFL? Right now, I kind of feel like they're the best team in the NFL. Which is hard to say, but they're they're efficient. They don't turn the ball over, and they capitalize on other people's mistakes. Yes, you know and they this are, defense doesn't bust too much. They have a plus uh, plus twelve turnover differential right now. Um, next closest team, I think, is plus four. Um, which is outrageous. Um, you know, they've only turned the ball over twice and have had 14 turnovers on the side of the thing. Um, Darius Slay, my goodness, he is absolutely controlling that secondary. Exactly. I mean, he is being a difference maker in that locker room, on the field, on the sideline. Like, he – He's almost the defensive uh, version of Jalen Hurts, kind of. Yes, that, that's very so, true. It's yeah. it's good to see that. So, now, said to be, Dak is coming back this week. What do you think? That's awesome. I'm great. Like, I'm glad to see him. Um I'm interested to see what he can do, um, how his hand feels, um, and just see who he can get involved in the game. You know, we haven't seen a lot of Schultz really in the past game. No, he's been also injured as well. Yeah, but even when he was healthy, I mean, we just – I don't feel like we utilized him enough. Um. So I'm I'm interested to see what's going to happen with him. I prefer if he doesn't run the ball really right now, but with a hand injury, you know, running the ball is not really worrisome. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to that, but it's just, yeah. So, anyways, this was a great game. The Eagles looked good. They were efficient. Um, Dallas kept it competitive because of their defense. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Parsons had a good game. Yeah, he only had, you know, three tackles, four assists. Not a big stat line, but he was creating pressure and he was he was making um, plays that don't go on the stats. So it was good to see that as well from a young player. So, anything else in week six stand out to you um, from that NFL game slate? Um, so, two games, just real quick. Falcons upset the 49ers, 28-14. And the Jets upset the Packers, 27-10. to Two big wins for two organizations that are struggling. Um, you know, Falcons are three and three, so I don't know if they're struggling as much. Um, but 
their offense almost seems lifeless at times with just inefficient play. Um, you know, Kyle Pitts was a huge draft pick that, I mean, is barely doing anything. Now, you did see what happened this weekend in that game, right? No, I did. I wasn't able to watch it. There was a Kyle Pitts touchdown. Yes. And I think that's literally like his fourth of his career, which is insane. Um, I, I think it may actually only be like number three. But, yeah, I mean, even still, it's pathetic. Yeah. And then, you know, the Jets are four and two. Like, this is an organization that struggled for the past decade or so, um, really since Mark Sanchez was the quarterback. Uh, Zach Wilson came in. This is the second what second week back from injury. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, ten for eighteen, hundred ten yards. Brees Hall had one hundred sixteen yards rushing. Michael Carter had forty one. Um, you know, so same thing. They've kind of been efficient. They're capitalizing on teams' mistakes, and. They're allowing Zach Wilson to make plays that are um, that are just simple reads, you know. So I know that. Um, oh, who is it that came out today and requested a trade? Uh, one of the wide receivers for the Jets, he's upset about his play. Um, he got one catch last week, uh, but it was a flag on the play, so it got called off. Yep, I, um, I know exactly who you're talking about. I, the name's escaping me as well. Yes, he was uh, – what is this? This is his third season, I want to say, second or uh, third season. It's Moore. Um, yes, Moore. Eli- Elijah Moore. Yes, so – they don't intend to trade him, but, you know, and I could see that, you know, frustration. You drafted a young running back, which you needed. But the year before that, you drafted a young running back like Michael Carter. Wide receiver-wise, you drafted a young wide receiver on top of drafting more the year before that. So you got four young, talented weapons, and there's only one football. So, as the coordinator, you have to try to come up with, you know, two to three plays for specific guys just to try to get them the ball and see what can happen. And then just, you know, play your ball and the rest, you know, will come. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's exciting to see them four and two. New York is turning back into a football town, looks like, so – Four and two Giants or four and two Jets and uh, five and one um, Giants. Absolutely. Uh, who, who, who would have figured we would be saying that um, October 20th? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Now, I, I've just got to say, Coach, um, to all our listeners out there in fantasy world, I told you so about Brees Hall. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Like, did I call it or not? And I, and, and you know, you were you were high on him too during you know our mocks and everything else like that. But I was really buying into the kid, and you know, was full fledged Brees Hall, and it is paying off. Exactly, and he's just, you know, and everyone kind of worries about it a little bit just because well they have you know Carter. Um, so how much are they going to go away from Carter when he had, you know, decent success last year? Um, now, I will say with this offense, Brees Hall is, you know, kind of shining as the number one. But this could easily flip next week and, you know, Carter has 100-yard games and Brees has a 50-yard game. So that is the possibility. But, yeah, Brees is – showing that he's a great future back in the day. Yes. And it's exciting. It really is. 
Um, so let's move on. Uh, week eight. Uh, no, no. Gosh, week seven. Wow. Um, we don't want to jump that far ahead, coach. Not yet. Um, so week, week seven, uh, NFL predictions. Oh, but hey, wait a second. Wait a second. Breaking news into the universe of the NFL and in the trenches sports. As this is live reaction right now, coach, Christian McCaffrey has been traded to the 49ers. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Like, that is huge right there. Um, I like, and that was I, not I, a I, team I hadn't highlighted for that trade. No, no, and it really makes me wonder what's going to happen this weekend. Is he going to play against the Chiefs? I I would like. You have a couple days. I would fly out there and just be like, "Hey, we're gonna run like ten plays with you." Um, and this is all you need to know for now. And just just do something small with them. Uh, the odds of that happening are slim, you know, because it's Thursday night. So this trade probably happens this afternoon. Um, and he probably is already in San Francisco right now. Um, but the odds of that happening are probably slim. And he probably won't play. But, I mean, yeah. I, I don't think he plays. Um, I think it's probably going to be pending physical. Um, that gets done Friday. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's still not enough time to get into the locker room, get everything set, and, you know, get suited up for Sunday. Um, but I tell you what, that's that just really changed things for the 49ers in that division. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And – I mean, they could easily go a two-back running back set. Um, and with the weapons, they have a wide receiver. Was, you know, with uh, Samuels and Ayuk. And that that's another thing you mentioned um, with Samuels. You know, what does this do for him coming out of the backfield? I, I think this puts him back more into the receiving uh, category and – you know, the little backfield stuff stops. It possibly could. And, you know, unless unless Christian's off the field, then you might do it a little bit once or twice a game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the less hits you can put on Samuels, the better. He, you know, he's a guy that needs to be in space. He's had injuries his entire career besides literally, what, last year? Yeah. Um, so if you can eliminate, you know, unnecessary hits, then you're better off. Exactly. All right, coach. So let's get into it. Let's wrap up the show. Week seven NFL predictions. And we are going to start off with those Browns taking on the Ravens in an AFC North matchup. I've got the Ravens in this one. 32 to 24 over the Browns. Yeah, I'm going to go Ravens 31, Browns 20. I just I think the Browns are collapsing. They are. Um, and I think it continues to collapse even when Deshaun Watson gets there. Um, AFC South matchup, we got the Colts uh, going up against the Titans in Nashville. Huge announcement out of Nashville this week with the Titans as the city and the Titans have agreed um, – on terms for a new domed stadium um, as part of the new lease to be built for the Titans um, that will allow now Nashville to potentially host events like the college football playoff championship, the Super Bowl, and more. Um, so, and that stadium, you know, in Tennessee was built in 99 and it's probably one of the worst um, kept stadiums absolutely is degrading falling apart concrete um stairs everything it's in terrible shape so i'm proud for the titans to get a new stadium um but i'm sorry that the city and the franchise need to do a better job of actually upkeeping and showing pride in what they're doing as well Uh, exactly and 
you know, I think it becomes an afterthought when your team is not maintaining success over the years to kind of forget about the stadium needs. Um, so hopefully moving forward, they can maintain and keep up with it as they look for other opportunities outside of just NFL games with yes. college, bowl games, and whatever else comes their way. So let's hear the pick. I've got the Titans 28 over the Colts 27. Uh, I'm going to go Colts 24, Titans 23. I think the Colts have been playing pretty good the last couple weeks. Um, but I really think the Colts – Kind of, kind of take this one. All right, we go on to those Giants, who are five and one, going up against the Jaguars, um, down in Duval Country as well. I've got the Giants though, thirty-six to twenty-seven, and they move on to six and one on the season. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go the other way. I'm gonna go Jacks twenty-four, Giants twenty. Last Ooh, week was big. Yeah, and last week was a big emotional win for them to beat the Ravens at home. Um, you know, kind of an unexpected, unexpected win for a lot of people. And so I just – I think they're a little hungover from that win. And uh, Lawrence kind of comes out there and uh, throws two touchdowns to win it. All right. I like it. Um Let's take a look here. We have the Seahawks going up against the Chargers in L.A. Um, I've got Geno Smith having himself a strong game in this one, 42-38 in a dogfight against Justin Herbert. Um, but Geno Smith comes out on top, 42-38. Yeah, I'm going to go against it again. I'm going to go Chargers 31, Seahawks 17. The Chargers need to come out and just win this game up front and just win this game outright. Don't leave any question marks. You're four and two. If you lose this one, you start falling back. Um, it's a it's almost a must win for them to stay relevant in the uh, in the top seating right now. Yes. All right, and final game of the weekend for us to pick. We have the Chiefs going up against the 49ers. Rematch of Super Bowl Fifty uh, Four. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've got the Chiefs 31, 49ers 24. Chiefs take it again over the 49ers. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Chiefs go 38, 49ers 28. Um, the Chiefs look to bounce back, and I think Mahomes throws a perfect game for uh, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. I like it. You know, he is the only player in NFL history so far through all of his starts to be averaging 300 yards per game in the air. That's awesome. For his career. Um, you know, he crazy stat I saw um, during that Bills-Chiefs game. Um, you know, but Coach, I think that is going to do it for us this week. Episode 18, um, you know, Bummed out our schedule did not work for us last week um, to discuss uh, what we had on the docket last week um, for episode 17. Um, but hopefully we can maybe do a makeup or something or bring some of those topics in um, here later down the road as, uh, you know, I think for us, we would love to touch on what's going on, um, you know, there during week five with uh, the roughing the passer calls, what truly is roughing the passer um, and what the NFL needs to do to potentially change things down the future for that. Um, so definitely a topic we want to discuss on um, later this season um, or maybe get into in the off season. Um, and, uh, you know, those owners and everything start having some discussions. Um, and then, you know, also just what's going on with the owners as well. They are having an owner meeting this week. Um, and then, you know, Dan Snyder, you know, potentially having some blackmail on all the owners. And will he get voted out of uh, the league and be forced to sell the team? So definitely some topics for us uh, coming up in the near future. Um, other than that, Coach, any final thoughts before we sign off tonight? Uh, oh, man, we've, 
had some really good games. We got some good ones coming up again this week. Um, NFL is getting exciting. Just, man, so much spectacular play. Uh, biggest thing is I want the refs to be more efficient with reviewing plays. You know, people are in New York. They're watching the game. If you see that the ball is marked incorrectly, call it in and fix it. Like, oh, man, don't even get me started. We'll, we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> it's so frustrating. I, and it happens in I, so I, many games. Yes, or how about uh, the ball is literally in the defender's hand as he's falling on top of the quarterback, and yet it's still a roughing the passer. Exactly. Um, like, yeah, you know what? We're, 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 I live we're, by. There's one cl- quote I live by, and it's "You can't fix stupid." Exactly. Um, so. It's it still still upsets me. Um, you know about that call, about that game, and everything else. Um, with the Raiders, but we're going to touch on that later um, down the road. Um, just to leave it as a final not, uh, point for you, coach, and for the rest of uh, our listeners out there, let you soak in on this. The roughing the passer call is the only penalty in the NFL rule book that says, when in doubt, throw the flag. And so with that, I leave you with that um, to ponder on why that is. And, uh, Other than that, guys, have a great night. Continue to listen. Follow us on Twitter at Sports Trenches. Um, You know, give us your feedback. Interact with us. Um, We've got the polls coming out for the predictions like we do every week for college and NFL. Let's see who you're picking. If you've got a game that you want us to pick in the future, let us know. We want to hear and, you know, see what you guys are excited about. Other than that, Episode 18, The Eagles Have Landed, is in the books here on In the Trenches Sports.